book of Ephesians, chapter 5, we'll look at verses 25 to 29. The book of Ephesians, chapter 5, verses 25 to 29. The title of my message this morning is Happiness in the Home. Happiness in the Home. To any family, one of the most valuable assets, one of the greatest contributions And one of the best blessings there is in your home is knowing that there's happiness in the home. Knowing there's happiness in the home. When there's happiness there, you know it. When there's happiness there, you know it. How is that? Well, you see it. You hear it. You feel it. You know when happiness is there. There's playing. There's laughter. Love for one another. All those things. All those things that make a home happy. Likewise, when there's no happiness in the home, you also know it. When things ain't right between the husband and wife, you know it. When things ain't right between you and the kids, you know it. It can be seen. It can be heard. It can be felt when there's no happiness in the home. And so I want to talk to you this morning about happiness, happiness in the home. When there's no happiness, there's what? There's screaming, yelling, fighting, getting hit with pots and pans and all kinds of things. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So so some people speaking from his head. I know what you're saying, brother. Yeah. Still recovering a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) She said one lump or two, and you said none. She gave you two anyway, right? Yeah, amen. Yeah. When there's no happiness in the home, it can be seen, heard, and felt. And when there is, it can be seen, heard, and felt as well. So we want to talk about happiness in the home this morning. I know that uh, no family, no home, and no marriage is perfect. I understand that, and, and I know that. But I believe that we as a nation are dying on the inside. I believe that we as America, uh, and really as a world, are dying on the inside uh, because of uh, the lack of joy, because of the lack of happiness in our homes. Um, and I believe that, uh, you know, it's a proven fact that if you're dead on the inside, you're dead on the outside. If you're dead on the inside, you're dead on the outside. And I believe that, uh, that many people, I believe that a nation, I believe that America is dying on the inside because it has, doesn't have the joy that maybe used to be there. It doesn't have the happiness uh, in their life. And so I just believe that we're dying. Lots of folks are just dying on the inside. Families are starving. Families are starving to death and they're, they're thirsting to death and they're scrambling for every little crumb that they can get. Anything that they can hold on to to maybe keep their marriage together or, or keep their family together. All these kinds of things. Doing anything they can to, to hold on to something to save what little that they feel like they may have left. Uh, so uh, people, you know, they, well, they, they, they do all kinds of things to, to try to have that happiness, to find that joy. They, they go and buy this book and they, they go and buy this book and they write this person, they call Dr. Phil, they appear on the Oprah Winfrey show. They do, they do all these things uh, and, and to no avail. They, and to no avail. They seek the advice and guidance in everyone except for the God of heaven that, that told us in his told us in his word how we can find that happiness, how we can find that joy in the home. I mean, people, they, they go to clinics, they spend money going here and going here and running there and running there and talking to all kinds of people and all kinds of things, uh, but yet they fail to talk to the one and, and, and speak to the one who wrote the book on all of it, uh, on happiness in the home. 
So I want to encourage you today that if happiness in the home is something that you need, something you're looking for, uh, then maybe what we need to do is uh, go to God's Word and see what He said about it. See what He said about it. I mean, He did write the book on it. And so, uh, you know, if you want to know something, it's usually good to go to the author, the one that's going to know about it. It's the one that wrote it. And so uh, let's, uh, let's go to uh, the Lord Jesus. Let's go to God who wrote the book this morning. Uh, there, are main t- there are two main ingredients. I want you to understand that there is happiness in the home. There's two main ingredients that we're going to see in Ephesians chapter 5. We're going to look at some other things as well, but Ephesians chapter 5 verse 33 gives two main things on happiness in the home. And it says this in verse 33. Ephesians chapter 5 verse 33, it says this, Nevertheless, let every one of you in particular so love his wife, even as himself, and the wife see that she reverence her husband. The two things that need to be, the two main key ingredients need to be at home is love and respect. Love and respect. Those are the two things that God says that must be and need to be in the home. That the man loves his wife and that the wife respects and shows reverence to her husband. Well, this morning we're going to talk about the husband. We're going to grind in on the husbands this morning. This message is going to be for all of us, but we're going to grind in on the husbands this morning. You say, well, Pastor, why in the world do you want to do that? Well, I believe we need to start with the husbands because I believe that's where happiness in the home starts. I believe that's where happiness in the home starts. I believe if you don't have a happy home, a lot of times husbands, it's probably your fault. Our fault. My fault. I believe it's our fault. And you say, why is that? We're going to look at that, and I'm going to show you why it is. Uh, You say, well, I know my wife's got her own mind. She makes her own decisions. I do everything I can to try to make her happy. I do all this, this, that, and other. Yeah, well, maybe so. Maybe so. She she does have a, a mind of her own. But we're going to look at some things that I believe you're going to find out of God's Word Uh, on why I believe and why I believe the Bible teaches that happiness in the home lays on the man. Happiness in the home lays on the man. And so we're going to begin a series uh, throughout this month of February. We're going to talk about the man. We're going to talk about the woman. We're going to talk about just marriage in general for the rest of this month. And we're going to zero in on the happiness on the home because I believe it's an important thing. There's people dying everywhere. There's marriages splitting apart all over the place because of this, because of this. Because there's no happiness. A man doesn't know how to be a husband. A woman doesn't know how to be a wife. And, and so we need to uh, make sure that we understand what the Bible says about these things. We need to make sure we need to, we need to get this down. Make sure that we understand what, what God says uh, is going to bring happiness in the home. We need to make sure we understand all this. And so we're going to begin this series on, uh, on happiness in the home. But we're going to begin with the husbands. Because the husband is what? He's the leader of the home. He's a leader of the home. And so that's why I believe that happiness falls on him. Because he is the leader of the home. It is his responsibility to maintain the happiness in the home. It's his responsibility. God gave you, men, husbands, God gave us the responsibility of being the leaders in our home. He gave us the responsibility of maintaining the happiness that is there. So I want to share with you uh, some key things this morning on unlocking the doors of happiness in your home. The first key is, is husbands love your wives. Husbands, love your wives. The second key is, sanctify, sanctify your wives. The third key is, nourish and cherish your wives. And the fourth key is, learn your wives. Learn your wives. Well, we're gonna look, let's read in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 25. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 25. The Bible says, Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it. That's the first key. Husbands, Love your wives. The word used for love here is the word agape. 
It's the word agape. That means it is the, it is the strongest word for love that is used in the Bible. The strongest word for love that's used in the Bible. The word agape. Uh, it is the same kind of love that our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ had towards us. It's the same kind of love that he has uh, towards us. And so it says, so God is saying that, that I need to uh, love my wife like the Lord Jesus loved me. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. Love your wife like the Lord Jesus loved you. The same kind of love that he has. The Bible says, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And so the same kind of love we need to have to our wives is the same kind of love that the Lord Jesus had towards us. Agape love is kind. Agape love is kind. Agape love is, is tender. It's, it's gentle. It, it's soft. It's forgiving. And it's also unconditional. Unconditional. And those are the kind of love, that's the kind of love that God said that men, we are supposed to have towards our wives. That kind of love. A love that is forgiving. A love that is unconditional. Tender and soft and all these things. It's a, it's a love that in essence seems to pass all understanding. When we think about the, the love that the, that the Lord Jesus Christ has towards us, it just seems mind-boggling, don't it? Well, that's how it should be to our wives. When our wives see how much we love them, that they should be thinking to themselves, man, I cannot believe this man loves me this much. That's how it should be. That's how it should be, man. I'm sorry. I know it hurts. A little depressing when we look at ourselves. But I'm just saying, this is what God said. This is what God said. This is the kind of love He's talking about. An unconditional love. A, a, a love that, uh, that is tender and gentle and all these things. The kind of love that Jesus has for the church. Ain't that what it said in verse 25? Husbands, love your wives as Christ also loved the church and gave Himself for it. And gave himself for it. And so we need to love our wives like the Bible says, like Christ loves the church. Love your wives like Christ loved the church and he gave all that he had. Gave all that he had for it. You know, there are women all across this world looking for a man that will love them like that. There are women all across this world looking for a man, looking for a husband that will love them like God said to love them. Like God said to love them. A love that God said should be shown to them. A love that God said is commanded by the man that they give their wife, that they show their wife. Husbands, let me tell you something. If there's no happiness in the home, like I said, I believe, my personal opinion, and I believe we can see it from the Bible because the man's the leader of the home and because he's the spiritual leader, he's the head of the home, that it is uh, his obligation to make sure and maintain that there is happiness in his home. It is his responsibility. It is his responsibility. And you say, as I said, well, uh, you know, it, it's not my fault. You don't know what she's done. Man, you don't know the kind of wife I got. Don't, don't say nothing. Don't say anything. You don't know what kind of person she is sometimes. Lord help us. Man, she can be so mean and hateful. <laughs> she makes her own decisions. I can't do nothing with her. And as I said, <laughs> I'm not speaking out of experience. I, I'm not. I'm just saying, I'm just saying, you know, that's, uh, that I believe that, 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 that the happiness relies on the man. I believe it's our responsibility. I know that, that people make their own decisions and, and I, know, I know all these things. 
But do you think God who knows these things and understands these things, do you think that He would ask you to do something? Do you think that He would ask you to do something that, that couldn't be done? No. Because you see, the love that you give your wife is the love that you choose to give her. The love that we give our wives is the love that we choose to give her. God said, look, this is the kind of love that you need to have towards her. And God wouldn't ask us to give her the kind of love that He knew that we couldn't give her. He wouldn't ask us to do that. And so it is possible, men, to have this kind of love towards our wives. It is possible for us to do that. With the Lord's help, we can do that. Amen? We can do that. And so it is possible, and it is commanded by God that we love our wives this way. It is commanded by God that we, that we love our wives uh, with this agape love. And so God would never ask us, men, to do something that we couldn't do. And so remember something this morning. When you were lost, when you were lost and you were God's enemy and you spoke out against God and you hated God, He still sent His Son to die for you. Did He not? And that was the same kind of love, agape love that He had towards us. So man, let me tell you something. Even though there may be times, even though there may be times when, when maybe, when maybe, something's going on with our wives and, uh, and maybe she is a little ornery. Maybe she might be a little hard to get along with. We all understand this too, men. They go through all kinds of things. Emotionally, I mean, they're crazy. No, I'm just kidding. They go through all kinds of things. Look, we don't always understand the whole situation. We don't always understand what's going on. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and we don't always understand what's going on. And so we just need to make sure as husbands that we, that we give our wives, that we give our wives uh, the love that she needs. Give her some space. Give her some room. We don't always know why she may come in at the end of the day. And maybe, maybe something happened at work and she just come in and, you know, and she's that way. Hey, you come in like that too sometimes. You know? But as the man and as the leader of your home, it is your responsibility. Your responsibility to maintain that leadership, to maintain that happiness in the home regardless of the situation. And so if God said this agape love is the kind of love that you should show your wife, then I believe that we should understand that it's not just possible, but it's commanded. It's commanded to us. You say, well, preacher, she came in the other day, man, she had an attitude, and we had to start a fight, man, all these kinds of things, and I ain't forgave her yet. And I made up my mind that I wasn't backing down. She was in the wrong, and she can come to me. We get like that sometimes, don't we? I'll tell you something. This is a hard thing to do. But as the man and the leader of your home, I believe that it is our responsibility as husbands, it's our responsibility as men, regardless of whose fault it is, regardless of whose fault it is, man, I think we should be the one to make the first step towards reconciliation. Even if it is her fault. You say, you've got to be kidding me. No, I'm not. If we're supposed to show our, our wives the same love that Jesus had towards us, was, was it not Jesus that reconciled to come to us first? Was it not Him to come to us first? We weren't seeking Him yet. We were sinners and we didn't want nothing to do with Him and we spoke evil against Him. We want nothing to do with Him whatsoever. But yet, Jesus, in your sinful condition and in your sinful state, showed His love towards you by making the first step and coming to you. Making the first step and coming to you. And so, men, I believe, even regardless if she's in the wrong or not, I believe, men, I believe, husbands, that it is our responsibility 
to make the first step. If we are to show our wives the same love that the Lord Jesus has towards us, then it is our responsibility to make sure that we make that first step towards reconciliation. I believe that. It's not always practiced, but I believe it. Amen? Amen. That's just the way it is. I believe that's the way God outlined for us. I believe that's the way God says, if we're to be the leader in our home, what are we the leader of? Are you just the leader of this and leader of that? No, you are the leader. You're the man in your home. You're the leader of your home in every aspect. In every aspect. You don't just, you don't just say, well, I'll be the leader of this, but I don't want to be, man, I don't want to be the, the leader in reconciliation, man. I don't want that to be a part of Well, no. You've got to take the good with the bad. You've got to take it as it is. You've got to take the whole thing. You've got to take the whole thing. So men, we must be the, the leader in our home and by being the one that makes the first step towards reconciliation, I believe we show what kind of men and what kind of husbands and what kind of leaders we are. So I believe that's something we need to do. And if it's not something we practice, it's something that we need to practice. Colossians 3.19 says, Husbands, love your wives and be not bitter against them. Be not bitter against them. That word love there in Colossians 3.19 also is agape. It's agape love. He said, love your, love your wives. Don't be bitter against them. In other words, give them all you got. Give them everything that you have. Love them kindly. Love them affectionately. Love them tenderly. And God said, don't be bitter towards them. What does it mean to be bitter towards someone? Well, it means you're just being nasty. It means you're being, when something's bitter, what is it? It's distasteful, ain't it? It's distasteful. It's, it's, it's nasty. It's, it's unpleasing. And God said, men, husbands, you don't need to be this way towards your wives. You don't need to be that way towards your wives. Love them and don't be bitter against them. Don't be harsh and hurtful and rude and unkind towards them. Tame the temper. Choose your words carefully. And think about the love that Jesus has towards you. Think about the love that Jesus has towards you as you reconcile with your wife. As you come back together with your wife, think of His love that He has towards you. Two things also must be understood is first, that love is not so much of a feeling as it is a choice. Love isn't so much of a feeling as it is a choice. Now, you do feel love, but it's not so much of a feeling as it is a choice. You choose to love. It's your decision. You choose to do that. I hear people say, I fell out of love. No, you didn't. You just chose not to. You just chose not to. You didn't fall out of love. You chose not to love. The second thing is, love is a verb. Love is a verb. You know what that means? It means it's an action word. See, you men, see, husbands, we can tell our wives we love them all day long. And man, that's good and that's great and they want to hear that. But you know what? There ain't nothing like showing them we love them. You see, the Lord Jesus, He told me in John 3.16, God, He told me in John 3.16, He said, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. Now, see, He could have just said, For God so loved the world. He could have just told me that. But you know what? It made the difference. When he showed me, when he showed me how much he loved me, he showed me. He didn't just tell me how much he loved me, he showed me how much he loved me. And so, man, I think it's important that we understand that, hey, man, telling our wives we love them, great. That's a great thing. You need to tell them that. You need to tell them that all day, every day. But let me tell you something, there ain't nothing like showing our wives that we love them. Ain't nothing like showing our wives. And a lot of times it don't take much. I mean, sometimes, man, we just get this, we just get this thing that we got to take them out to some big expensive dinner and do this and buy them all kinds of stuff. Most of the time, you know what our wives are? They're happy with just the small things. Big things are good. I'm sure they'll agree with me on that. Amen. I'm not trying to minimize that at all. 
But I'm just saying this, is a lot of times our wives will be happy with just some of the small things that we do. Just some of the little small things. It's not like you get, I mean, you know, just writing a little letter before you get, you can just say, honey, just wanted you to know I love you before you went off to work. I mean, something small. Took two seconds. Little things that we do that we can show our wives that we love them because it's, because love is an action verb. It's a, it's a word that, that moves. It's a word that, that does things. So, man, we need to show our wives that we love them. Show our wives that we love them. The Bible said there in verse 25 that Jesus, in Ephesians 5.25, that Jesus gave Himself for the church. He showed His love by sacrificing Himself. He showed His love by sacrificing Himself. Husbands, we should be willing to sacrifice all that we have for our wives. All that we have. Everything that we got, we should be willing to sacrifice it for our wives. We should sacrifice our time. Let me tell you something, man. Sometimes we get so, sometimes we just get so, uh, so messed up on doing things and, and spend all of our time doing this and all of our time doing that that we forget that our most prized possession is sitting there in that house. Sometimes we just get so messed up and, and worrying about this. Man, hobbies are good and all those things are great. But you know what? They need to be limited. They need to be limited because you know what your first hobby should be? Your wife. That's what your first hobby should be. Your wife. I'm just telling what the Bible. I'm just telling you. That's what you know. Jesus shows us. God shows us in His Word that we are to put our wives above everything else, above all, and above everything else. And this is the kind of love that we should have towards them. And so, man, we need to devote our time to them. Maybe we need to spend a little less time doing that, and a little miss, a little, and a little bit more time spending with her. Yeah, devote our time. Devote our time. You know, sacrificing. Our time, sacrificing our energy. You know, a lot, you know, you know. Sometimes husbands will come out here and we'll spend, we'll we'll sacrifice all kinds of energy doing all kinds of things. But when it comes to doing something for a wife that she asks us to do, oh, I'm just too tired. I can't do that. I'm serious. That's what we do, man. <laughs> I'm serious. So we need to sacrifice our time, sacrifice our energy, sacrifice our possessions. Maybe it is. There's something. Maybe, maybe you know, you just. Maybe you just uh, uh, maybe you just have too much, and, and and or you just have a lot of things, and you and you spend more time with your possessions than you do really with with your wife. And you should be willing to you know lay that some of that stuff aside. You know, lay some of your possessions aside. Maybe it is that uh, maybe it is that there's something that you have that maybe she don't like. Maybe you need to get rid of it to make things better. You know, just all kinds of things. Be a, man, be willing to to sacrifice whatever it is that you got to do to make your wife happy. To make your wife happy, to, to show the love that she deserves, to show the love that, that is commanded to her. So you may think in your mind, she don't deserve this love. Yeah. Well, we didn't deserve the love that the Lord Jesus gives to us each and every single day neither. But He gives it. And God said, you give your wife the same agape love that I give you. So whether or not you feel like she deserves it or not, she's do it. Because it's commanded by God that we give it. The second key is sanctify your wives. Let's take a look at verse 26. Verse 26, the Bible says, that it might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word. Now see, what we see here through the next few verses is Jesus is, is that God told us to husbands to love your wives as Christ loved the church. And then he, and then he goes on to proceed in telling how much God loves the church and what He has done for the church. And the Bible says here that He gave Himself for it that He might sanctify. I'm talking about the church and the church is that makes up who? People. 
makes up you. And so he says that it might so that it might sanctify it and cleanse it with the washing of the word. The word sanctify there means to, to set apart. It means to means dedicated. It means cleansed and, and purified. That's what that means. And so when Jesus died for us, he did what for us? And he cleansed us. Man, he cleanses us. He, he, he purified us of our sin. He cleanses us of our sin. So in the same sense, God is saying, husbands, when you, love your, when you love your wives like Christ loves His church, you then in essence help your wife to become the woman she needs to be. So, think about this. When Jesus saved us, what were we? We were sinners lost in sin on our way to hell, right? Yeah, that's what we were. We, did it. we weren't good. We couldn't offer Him anything. But He says, look, when He gave Himself forth though, when he gave himself for it, he sanctified it. He's man, he cleansed it, he purified it, he, 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 which is you, you are the church. He cleansed us, he purified us, and he helped us become somebody that we weren't before. He helped us become somebody different. He helped us become somebody better. And he says, men, let me tell you something, husbands. If you love your wives like you're supposed to, this is what's going to happen. is by loving her, this unconditional love, by, by showing her this love, by this tender love, this affectionate love, by showing her love that you may feel like that she don't deserve by doing this, you're going to help her become a better woman. You're going to help her to become the woman that she can be. You're going to help her to become a woman that maybe she never thought that she could ever be. You're going to help her. You're going to help her to be a better woman. Help her. Some husbands, do you want that? I mean, if you don't want that, that's fine. I mean, that's, that's your choice. But God says, look. God says, look. Husbands, if you love her like you're supposed to, if you love her like you're supposed to, she's going to be a better woman. She's going to be a better woman. And so by loving our wives like we should, we help her to, we help her to shine, man. We help her to stand out. Man, when something's dirty, does it shine? No, of course not. When it's dirty and, it's, and, it, and, it, and, it, and it looks nasty, man, it, it don't look good. But God says, look, if you love your wife like you're supposed to, Man, you'll make her stand out. Man, you'll make her shine. You'll make her... She'll be smiling. Her life will be different. She'll have a changed life. She'll have a different life. And her life will be different. Why? Because you loved her like you're supposed to. And by doing so, you know what that does for you? Well, what's that old saying? Nobody's happy when mom ain't happy. Yeah. So I'm just saying this, is that when you love your wife like you're supposed to, it makes a happy home. It makes a happy home. And that's why I'm saying, cause see, that, that's why I'm saying that men, as leaders of the home, we're responsible for maintaining this happiness. We're responsible for that because we're the leaders of our home. Why? Because we're supposed to love our wives like they're supposed to be loved. We're supposed to love them like God commanded us to love them. And by doing that, by doing that, we have a better wife. By doing that, we have a better wife and we can help her to become the woman that she needs to be. Help her to shine. Help her stand out. When Jesus saved you, He made a difference in your life, didn't He? When He saved you, He made a difference in your life. Man, He changed your life. Man, He caused a change in your life. And so by loving our wives like Christ loved us, we can help do the same thing in our wife's life. The beautiful part about all this, the beautiful part about all this is that both the giver and the receiver of this love benefit. Both the giver and the receiver of this love benefit, as we kind of just stated. We, the church, are what? We're the bride of Christ. That's what the Bible teaches us. We, the church, are the bride of Christ. And so what we see here in our text is, is, God, is, is God is showing us the, the similarities between Jesus and the bride of Christ and the husband and his wife. 
He's showing us the similarities here. And so we, the church, the bride of Christ, we do. We receive the benefits of His love, don't we? Yeah, when Jesus died for us, didn't we receive some benefits from that? Oh, sure we did. Man, He saved us, cleansed us of our sin, gave us salvation, gave us eternal life, riches and home in heaven. Yeah, we benefited from that. Sure we did. Yeah, sure we did. We benefited from that. And so both the giver of the love and the receiver benefit from it both. Christ benefits from loving us because He's able to do what? Present Himself a church that's beautiful and clean. That's what verse 27 says. What does it say there in verse 27? That He might present it to Himself a glorious church. See, when God saved you, when Jesus saved you, you were wicked and sinful and dirty and all this kind of... But when He saved you, He did what? He cleansed you, washed you up, so that He can do what? Present you to Himself. So He can present you to Himself. And so He benefited. He benefited by saving you because He was able to present you to Himself. To present you to Himself. And he's saying, look, man, something we need to understand, look, husband, something we need to understand is that we can benefit by loving our wives like we're supposed to love them. One day a man went out to the junkyard. And he saw a car out there that nobody wanted. And as he walked there, as he walked around out there, he was looking around. And he finally found this car. Man, he brought he bought the car and he took it home and he fixed it up. And as he was out there fixing it up, you know, he painted it, man. He he put new stuff on it, painted that thing candy apple red, man. He had that thing looking sharp. And this was a car that nobody wanted, man. He fixed that thing up. Man, that thing was nice. Man, that thing was nice. He named her Shelly. Oh, Shelly, she was something else. Man, she was something else. Man, he loved her. Loved Shelly with all his heart. But over time, over time, he tended not to look at Shelly as much. He tended not to think about Shelly as much. Oh, but see, in the beginning, man, he just loved her. Man, he'd do anything. Man, oh, he, every day he'd go out there and he'd, he'd wipe that thing down, make sure she was all nice and clean, no scratch on her. Oh, interior was beautiful. Oh, man, it was nice. But every time, he tended to neglect those things. And then she started not looking so beautiful in his eyes anymore. She started falling apart. Get wore out. <laughs> he went to the store one day. Drove her to the store one day. He got there, he got out, and this man walked by and he said, Man, that is a nice car. He said, This? He said, Yeah, that's a nice car right there. He said, This whole thing? Yeah, he said, I like that. He said, Ah, she used to look better. He said, She used to look better than that. He said, well, there ain't really... He was, the other guy was looking at it. He said, I don't really look at that too much wrong with it to me. He said, oh, you should have seen her when I, when I first got her. You should have seen her when I first got her. Yeah, she was really something. But, you know, she's just, uh, she's just falling apart now and wore out. He said, well, you think you'd sell her? He said, hmm. So he began to think about it. And the guy was standing there and he said, you know, he said, I really do think you got a nice car. And the guy was standing there and he was as he was thinking about getting rid of his car. He began to think about the time when he first got her. And he was looking at his car and he's like, you know, the car ain't really that bad. A little paint missing. 
grill's a little messed up, tire's going flat. There's some things wrong with it, but you know, it's not really that bad. You say, what's that mean? It means this. So that's a weird illustration. Yeah, it is. <laughs> Just going to admit it to you. It is. I made it up. <laughs> Point is this. Point is this. Is that, look, man, when we first, when we was first with our wives and we was dating our wives, what did we do? Man, we did everything that we could for them. We did everything that we could to make them happy, man. We did everything. Man, we did all kinds of things. We did in the beginning what God says we should be doing every day. But then as time went on, we neglected it. We neglect our wives and we don't really pay them the attention that they need. And because of that, our wives don't end up becoming the, the wives that maybe they could be because we don't show them the love that they deserve. And it's not that Shelly was bad because she wasn't. She has a good car. She has a good car. Just like your wife. It's a good wife. But a lot of times she becomes what you help her to be. She becomes what you help her to be. Same thing with your husbands. Wives, sometimes your husbands will become what you help them to be. And it's not because, you see, Shelly looked the way she did because he failed to take care of her like he should. He failed to take, he failed to love her like she should have been loved. And I'm just saying, man, I'm not saying you are, but if you are dissatisfied with what you have, it's probably your fault. It's probably your fault. Because we should be showing our, our wives the love that they deserve. The love that God says that they should have. We're commanded by God to do that. Commanded by God to, to show them this love. The third key is nourish and cherish your wife. The previous verses was talking about how the husbands ought to love their wives as they love their own bodies. Let's take a look. Let's read verse 28. Verse 28. So ought men to love their wives as their own bodies. He that loves his wife loveth himself. Loves himself. Verse 29. For no man ever yet hated his own flesh, but nourishes it and cherishes it, even as the Lord the church even as the Lord of the church. And so it says, look, what, what do you do when you nourish something? Tell me that. What do you do when you nourish something? Well, one of the things that you're doing is when you nourish something is you're helping it to grow, right? You're helping it to grow. Well, God says, look, see, He's giving this, He's simulating here. He's saying, look, this is what I've done for the church. This is what I'm doing for the church. And what you need to be doing to your wife is you need to be nourishing her. You need to be helping her to grow. You need to make sure that she's healthy. You know that the word nourish there actually means to make fat. Man, I mean, your wife don't want you to make her fat. You know, I'm just saying. That's just what the word means. It means to, to nourish. It means to, to, to make healthy. It means to make healthy. And so, man, it's our job, God said here in these verses, it is our job to make sure that we nourish our wives, that we help them to grow, that we help them to be healthy. Spiritually. A good wife. Help them to be that way. If you buy a flower, and you put it out there in the flower garden, you buy a flower and you put it out there in the flower garden, you never water it and you don't weed around it and you'll do none of those things. You know what's going to happen? You already know what's going to happen, don't you? That thing's going to wilt up and that thing's going to die. It's going to wilt up and it's going to die. So husbands, the Bible says, look, you need to nourish your wives. Nourish your wives. But she's not only to be nourished. The Bible says she's to be cherished. She is to be cherished. Man, what is something when it's cherished? The word cherish there means to tenderly love. 
to tenderly love, to value prized, to value as, as prized. And so it's uh, like a picture of the Lord Jesus. What we have here is a picture. Is He saying, look, you need to cherish your church, you need to help it grow, help it to be what it needs to be. And that's what the Lord Jesus is doing for us, right? Because we're the church, that's what He's helping us to be, to grow and become more like Him. Not only that, but He says, look, the other thing that I'm doing is I don't just nourish you, but I am, but I cherish you. Man, I tenderly love you. I tenderly love you. And man, that's the kind of love that we need to have towards wife. Ain't that what agape love was? To tenderly, affectionately, softly, gently, unconditionally love our wives. And so he's saying, look, I tenderly love you. I tenderly love I cherish you. Man, I, I can, you're like my prized possession. You're like my prized possession. And so what, a, what an awesome picture we see here of, of the Lord Jesus Christ as he really just pulls his bride, which is the church, as he pulls us close to him and he shows us his affection and he tenderly loves us unconditionally. And so, man, that's, what we, that's how we need to be to our wives. We need to, man, pull them close by your side. Let them know that you love them. Let, let them know that you have some tender affection towards them. And so that's what he's saying here. Man, you nourish them and, and cherish them. Show them how much you love them. Ecclesiastes 9.9 9 says, Live joyfully with thy wife, whom thou lovest all the days, all the days of thy life. So God says, husbands, I want you to live a, a happy, joyful life with your wife. Live a happy, joyful life with your wife. Mm. When you cherish something, as I said, it holds a special place in your heart. A place reserved for something special. And that's what the church is to Christ. It's, it's a, there's a special place reserved for, for us because we, we're His special people. We're, you know, we're special people. We're peculiar people. Ain't that what the Bible says? We're peculiar people. Yeah. And so man, our wives need to hold a special place in their heart that nobody else has. You say, well, I got all kinds of other things in here. Well, if your wife don't have the best place, if your wife don't have the best place in here, you need to get rid of some of that other stuff. Because your wife needs to have the best place in your heart. A place that is reserved there specially for her that no one else can take away. That no one else can take away. Not your mama, not your daddy, not your, not nobody. Not nobody, not nobody. Why? Because, well, the Bible says, as you go on to read the next verses, the Bible says in verse 30, he says, uh, for we are members of his body, of his flesh, and of his bones. What's he talking about? He's saying that, look, when we got saved, the church became a member and a part of Christ. That's what we are, the body of Christ. And so when we got saved, man, God, Jesus came by and He cleansed us up, helped us to be what we need to be, and we became joined unto Him. We're members of Him, of His body. That's eternal security. Eternal security right there. Members of His body. And what does verse 31 go on to say? You hear this read a lot of times at weddings. Verse 31 says, Verse 31 says, For this cause shall a man leave his father and his mother and shall be joined unto his wife, and they too shall be one flesh. You know what that word joined there means? It means glued together. Inseparable. Glued together and inseparable. That's what the word joined there means. So it says, look, you and your husband are joined together. You are inseparable. Just like me and you. Just like me and you. That's the eternal security coming out in it. We're glued together. We're glued together. He says you need to show your wives the love that she deserves, the love that she is commanded to have. The next thing I want you to look at 
Because I want you to turn to 1 Peter chapter 3, and then we'll be done. 1 Peter chapter 3, go to verse 7. 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 7. Bible says, 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 7, Likewise, you husbands, dwell with them, talking about the wives, according to knowledge, giving honor unto the wife as unto the weaker vessel, and as being heirs together of the grace of life, that your prayers be not hindered. That your prayers be not hindered. As a man, when we don't love our wives like we need to, I think we... Uh, Better make sure we're on some praying ground. You better make sure you're on some praying grounds because God said, look, you don't love her like you should. And there's some things between you and your wife and you don't love her like you should. Your prayer's going to be hindered. Love your wives according to knowledge. What does that mean? What does it mean according to knowledge? Well, that word knowledge there meant to know on a variety of applications. To know your wife on a variety of ways. In a variety of ways. Man, know what she likes. Know what, you know, know what her favorite color is. Know all these things. Know, I know, man, let, let me tell you something. Over time, we just we look over these things. We don't really think about it a lot. But you know, a lot of times, these are those little things our wives really like us to know. And they don't really take a lot to make our wives happy. So it says, look, you need to dwell with your wives according to knowledge. You need to know your wife. You see, we can know the, we can know the race car stats. We can know the, the football stats. We can, know, we can know every man that plays on every team, where he was born, what college he went to. We can tell, tell you how old he is, how many kids he's got. We can t- man, you can, man, I can know people that can tell me all kinds of mess about all that. But you tell them, say, okay, what's your wife's favorite color? Where'd you meet at? You will see a lot of this during the Newlywed game. So men better study up. But I'm just saying, man, we, we, we know all this stuff about everything else, but yet we fail, we fail to know our wives. Fail to know our wives. We fail to do that. And because of that, because of that, we fail our wives because we don't know them like we should. And we don't show them the love like we should. Man, when you love something, what do you do? Man, you spend time with it. Man, you sacrifice anything you got for it. You cherish it. You know it. And that's the love that God says that you need to have towards your wife. You need to know her. Know her. Dwell with her according to dwell with her according to knowledge. Give honor unto the wife. Give honor unto the wife. Yeah. Give honor unto your wife. Let me ask you something. The Bible says, Give honor unto the wife as unto the weaker vessel. As unto the weaker vessel. If, well, I can't throw that. If, um, let's say I got two plates in my hand. I got this plate, fine china, fine china. And I got this plate over here in my hand, and it's uh, just a paper plate, just a paper plate. Now, the Bible says give honor unto the wife and to the weaker vessel. Now, if I took that paper plate and I threw it up against that wall, what would happen to it? Nothing happened to it, would it? But if I took that plate that was real fragile and real weak and I threw it up against that wall, what do you think is going to happen? It's going to shatter in a million pieces. Just because, just because something is weaker doesn't mean it's less valuable. 
And so God says, look, give honor to the wife as unto the weaker vessel. Just because she's weaker than you, not necessarily, not only talking physical strength and things like that. But I'm just saying men and women are made out of different things. Men and women are made different. And women in lots of ways are just, are just weaker in some areas than we are. You know, they're emotionally. You know, man, you know what I'm talking about. You can sit there and watch a movie and your wife be sitting there bawling her eyes out and you're just looking at her like she's crazy. <laughs> yeah, you see what I'm saying? We're just made different. We're just made different. But just because something is weaker in some ways doesn't mean it's less valuable. Doesn't mean it's not worth nothing. No, I can throw that paper plate up against that wall all day and it ain't worth the hill of beans. But I can throw that fine china up against that wall and I can be harsh to it and I can be mean to it and I can do things to it to hurt it and I can shatter it. I can shatter it. So man, that's what we need to make sure we don't do with our wives. We need to make sure that we dwell with them according to knowledge. We need to know things about them. And we need to make sure that we handle them in careful, tender, loving ways. Because if we don't, if we don't, we might just shatter them. We might just shatter them. You know, the Bible says where your heart is, where your, where, where your treasure is, is where your heart will be. I mean, let me ask you this. Is your wife your treasure? Is your wife your treasure? Because if she is, that's where your heart's going to be. If she is your treasure, that is where your heart will be. It's all about her. It's all about her. Amen? Man, we've got a lot of work to do. A lot of work to do. But I believe we can do it. Let's show our wives the love that she needs, the respect that she needs, and give to her what God's commanded us to do. I can get every head bowed and every eye closed.